This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, You'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, uh, another fantastic episode of uh, My Chelsea incoming uh, now. Uh, as you know, you know most of the people I've been getting on this, nearly all of the people I've been getting on this actually have had something to do with the Chelsea fan cast over the 12 inglorious years uh, since we've been doing it. And uh, our next guest is uh, fits that bill exactly, actually. And he's an absolutely delightful chap. Many of you will know him because he's got a a bigger Twitter account than God. Uh, and his name is Chelsea Chadder. I know his real name, but I won't reveal it. We know him as Chelsea Chadder. Mate, as always, it's an absolute delight to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, thinking of me and inviting me along, Chidge. It's nice nice to speak to you. Always a pleasure, mate. Never a chore. Now, uh, for those of you, I can't believe that there are people in the known universe or even the Amazon rainforest who have yet to be discovered who don't know who you are yet, Chad. But for those of you who don't, apart from the fact that you've... Uh, got a huge twitter twitter following and you're very into your stats and quizzes and things like that you're also now part of the gate 17 stable because you've done the fantastic uh, 100 memorable matches book which i absolutely love to pieces you've done the, the latest one is the one well i, I think I, I even i took part in that it's about uh, chelsea if before twitter or something what was remind me what the name is yeah, it's Chelsea if Twitter was around when. So it's, right. it's looking back in uh, moments and games from Chelsea's history uh, and imagining that Twitter was around because we know when anything happens in football or the world, everybody has to have their say on it. Everybody has to have their comments. And I've always wondered what that would have looked like back in back in the day from 1905 up until Twitter came about in 2006. And we had 
over there was over a hundred different Chelsea fans taking part in this reliving memories of of games and, and moments. And it was it was good fun putting it all together. Yeah, well, I, I remember taking part. It was fun doing that. And you've got another book coming out, which is all about. It's a quiz book, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's Chelsea uh, nineteen oh five quiz questions. So uh, just under two thousand quiz questions, all about Chelsea. Uh, I've managed to write all the questions for it, and uh, I'm just working with Marco at the moment just to finalise a few bits before that gets published soon as well. Excellent stuff. And they, uh, well, the first two are definitely available uh, via Gate 17 and Amazon, and no doubt the third one will be as well. Right, now you know the score with this. This is uh, this is the, the kind of my Chelsea version of Chelsea Fancast, where I get loads of mates like you uh, who've been involved with the show to talk really about uh, your journey uh, following Chelsea and how it all started, your favourite matches, favourite players, all that kind of thing. So let's kick it off. Um, how did it all start for you, Chad? Well, like like many other Chelsea fans, it's my dad who got me got me into supporting Chelsea, and uh, we've been going to Stamford Bridge together now for thirty years. Uh, his his great granddad used to live in the Chelsea area, and so support has been handed down over the years to his son and his daughter. Um, so I'm a fifth generation blue, and I've taken two of my children to go up and watch uh, Chelsea a few times now as well. Uh, my youngest son, he's going to be two later this month, and I'm, I'm hoping to take him to his first game soon-ish, depending on uh, when things calm down a bit, uh, but especially because his middle name is Stamford. Is he named after me? Uh, well, I couldn't possibly reveal that to uh, in- increase your ego any bigger than it needs to be. I was Chish. only joking. I think, there's some, I think there's somewhere else that's probably a bit more well-known for being called Stamford, and that would yeah. be, be the home of Chelsea. Um <clears throat> Now, here you go. You see, you just kind of nonchalantly kick this off. Well, you know, I my dad got me into it and I'm fifth generation Chelsea. Of all the people that I've spoken to doing this this particular show so far, you are the first one that is fifth generation Chelsea. Nice. Yeah, so that well, means there's you, had... you, you, your dad, your granddad, yeah. your great granddad and your great great granddad. Yeah, well, rather than it being my great grand, it was uh, well, rather than my granddad, it was uh, my nan actually. Your nan? Uh, yeah, my granddad was a cricket fan, uh, not really into it, but uh, my nan was. So it was. Uh, there's a woman. That's all right. In, you know, I don't. Taste, I don't so. judge. I don't judge. <laughs> oh, it's nice. So does that? I mean, look, now here we go. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you on this because this is this is this is huge as far as I'm concerned because. I'm I'm not I'm Generation X, Generation One when it comes to Chelsea. There's no, been no people in my family, in my immediate family, who've ever supported Chelsea. But my wife, bless her heart, and she'll tell everybody this if she's a drunk in a pub. She's third generation Chelsea, so she's you know she as far as she's concerned, she's proper Chelsea, and I'm just a Johnny come lately. But her mum was a Chelsea fan, and I I, I adored her mum. You know, mother-in-laws is that's kind of an uneasy. Yeah. Not for me. I loved my mother-in-law because she was a Chelsea fan. And she used to talk to me about watching Chelsea win the title in 1955 and seeing Jimmy Greaves play and stuff like this. Absolutely, she stood in the shed, you know, on the on the little shelf, yeah. you know, it was brilliant. Her her father, my wife's grandfather, uh, obviously a Chelsea fan. They lived in Battersea, so he used to take my wife to the ground. So that's three generations, right? I did an interview with a guy called Kirk Brandon who is the lead singer of a band called Theatre of Hate and Spear of Destiny. And he was telling me that, because uh, he's a bit older than us, he's about three or four generations of Chelsea, possibly three. 
and his great granddad went to Chelsea's first match in 1905. Oh wow! So I'm wondering, Chad, if if you're fifth generation Chelsea, there's a very good chance that the first one who was a Chelsea fan, which I think by the sounds of it is your nan. Uh, yeah, she yeah she's she's still about. Uh, so who? So do you think one of your relatives might have gone to the fir- the first Chelsea game? Well, speaking with my, I've spoken to my dad over the years, and and he's kind of convinced that you know there's a very good chance that they that he could have done, um, you know, his great granddad's, but um, we don't know for sure. But you know, looking at the, the the dates and things, you know, there's a very good chance that he could he could have been in Chelsea's very first game. Well, there you go. I mean, that's at brilliant. The bridge, anyway, that's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, I just absolutely love all that. Um, now, uh, clearly your first game wasn't uh, at the bridge in 1905 because uh, you're even younger than me. Um, but when was your first game? Uh, my first game was back in 1990. I remember my dad picking me up on the train. He used to work for the railway, so he got uh, free travel on the trains. So that was a bonus. Uh, and then he took me, when we got to Chelsea, he took me to the old club shop that was outside the grounds on that, that corner there. Um, and he bought me a large team poster photo which I remember rolling up and inside uh, a Chelsea carrier bag and I'm, I'm just very excited to have a Chelsea carrier bag you know the, we're talking different times where you know things with the Chelsea badge on were few and far between especially when you lived 60 odd miles away from from the ground uh, the other two things that I do remember in that club shop and I don't know why I remember them one was a Chelsea mirror that had the the crest on it and the other one was a huge pair of women's knickers that were just <laughs> hanging up in there and just obviously being a boy of a certain age that was quite hilarious seeing a big pair of women's uh, Chelsea knickers uh, in there so um yeah so that was back then uh watched the game in the shed and uh, although the game ended nil-nil there were so many new experiences that I'd had for the first time in my life I mean I'd never been in a, a crowd that size before uh, you know it was much bigger than a school assembly would have been uh, and I, I grew up in a mainly white town and the only black person I remember encountering was my head teacher at the time and I know that what my dad was telling me uh, from the game that whenever I saw somebody in the crowd that was black, I used to say, is that Ken Moncow? Is that Ken Moncow? No, no, it's not, not him. No, but you know, it was just not used to seeing, uh, you know, people of different uh, ethnic backgrounds and everything. It was just, it was a new world to a young boy. Uh, see it all. But uh, yeah, the game ended nil nil. Uh, Do you remember who it was between? Chelsea and Nottingham Forest. I was going to say, you know, I've just looked on the on the very trusted Bounder Friday site, site, and the only nil nil draw in nineteen ninety was Chelsea versus Nottingham Forest on the twentieth of October. Yeah, that's right, twentieth of October, nineteen ninety. Yep, um, yeah, a special day, special day for me. And all those that may call me a glory hunter in three of the first four games I went to, Chelsea didn't even score. So, uh, oh, well done. Um, yeah, so I kept. I mean, kept going, even though they weren't, you know, a, a glorious side back then. But I, uh, a special moment for me was that uh, after the game, we were heading back to Fulham Broadway, and then suddenly my dad stopped me and he said, "Was was that Peter Osgood?" And uh, you know, at the time, I had no idea because football from you know twenty, thirty years ago really wasn't readily available like it is today. So he, he quickly grabbed me and we walked back up the road, and then we found the king himself and. He signed my program, and apparently I looked at him and I just asked to him, 
you on my Chelsea video? And apparently he just replied and said, maybe. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, Osgood always has a special place in my heart for being the first footballer I ever met. Well, how about that? What a, what a player to me as well. Yeah. Um, but talking yeah. to players, I mean, who, you know, how, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you then? Uh, I was about uh, eight or nine years old then. Right. Okay, so you're still quite young. Um, so it's a good question to ask. Who who were some of your favourite players growing up? Uh, well, my favourite player of all time and favourite player growing up was Dennis Wise. Uh, he had a haircut similar to my dad, uh, also because he was one of the better known players at the time. Uh, friends at school used to call me Wisey. I was the only Chelsea fan in school. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough to meet him a few times, actually. Uh, including last year, I took part in a football tournament uh, at Stamford Bridge. And uh, I heard a rumour that he was going to be there. So I kept looking over and looking over. And then rumour got round that he was he was there. So I quickly subbed myself off, ran along, tied him and started to chat to him and uh, embarrass myself as you do when you, you find your idols and things. Um, no, he, he was brilliant. And then afterwards, uh, I asked if he would ring, that he'd, he'd FaceTime my, my children and he happily obliged for that. And then my wife, screeched down the phone when she realised who it was. I won't repeat what she said, but uh, it was... Did she uh, sing the San Siro song to him? No, but my children know it, and uh, <laughs> so they knew who he was. So, uh, yeah, it's important for that. So uh, that was really good. I once, got, uh, I once then, got thrown out of a restaurant in Pimlico for singing the San Siro song with Dr. Mart after, after a Chelsea match. With oh, my, I, yeah, We went back to Pimlico, have dinner with our respective wives. Uh, and uh, we, we'd had we'd had a few, and we were singing the San Siro, and we got thrown out the restaurant. Have you ever been back? Yes, they forgave us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Dennis Wise, and then uh, when I started actually playing football as a kid, I, I didn't play as uh, early as some of the others. I didn't start at kind of five or six. A bit later, I used to wear the number four shirt and think that I was Billy Jones playing. Uh, I wasn't wasn't very big, but I was quite happy to put in a, a tackle here and there and everywhere. Um, so yeah, so Dennis Wise and then uh, playing Wise, Vinnie Jones. I thought I was I was him. Lovely, excellent stuff. Uh, so your first matches against Forest in 1990, a nil-nil draw. Your first three matches that you watch uh, uh, at Chelsea are all uh, where Chelsea failed to score. I mean, 1991-92, not particularly great season for Chelsea, but um, you kind of got in there. I mean, let's face it, 96, you would have been. About fifteen, so yeah, good, yeah. a really good age to suddenly embrace this whole new Chelsea revolution, thanks to Glenn Hoddle and then Hullet and then Viali. So, uh, some of your favourite matches have got to be around that time, I would have thought. Yeah, I think for most kind of children of, you know, for most people when they're about that fifteen, sixteen age, they have the fondest memories. I think uh, all bad, but yeah. So especially with what was going on. Obviously, been in cup finals um, that have been uh, were happening at the time. But in, t- in terms of like my my favourite matches, um, firstly Chelsea against Vicenza match in '98. That semi final second leg uh, was just brilliant. I mean, it had everything. You know, lost the first leg one nil, went one nil down uh, on the night in the in the second leg. Two nil down on aggregate and. You know, including the away goal, so we needed at least three to win. Spoyer quickly 
got one back for us in the first half, and then from that moment, you just you just felt like we we were going to do it. There was just that feeling in the crowd, and they were electric that night. And uh, then the equaliser from Zola's header from Riali crossing the ball. I mean, Zola getting a header on his own tells you that we were going to do it. You know, the smallest man on the pitch scoring a header, uh, and then obviously Barky's volley um, from Ed De Hoy's kick out. Husey's flick onto himself and then smashing the ball home uh, was a fantastic goal. And it's a, a memory that I, I will always treasure and always kind of gets me a bit teary when I watch it uh, now and again. Just, it just brings back so many emotions for me. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was one of my... I mean that, that that it's. I, I mean, you are very lucky to have been there. Actually, I, I did. I wasn't there. I watched it on at home on the telly. And I, when Husey scored that goal, I, I jumped up so high I nearly hit the ceiling. I mean, it was just it was just brilliant. But I'm told by those that were there that that's one of the best atmospheres ever ever seen at the bridge. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, another one, and I know that uh, somebody was talking about on Twitter that when we played Bruges a few years yeah. before that, yeah. uh, again, that night was incredible as well. And um, it kind of came at a time where Chelsea might do, do well. Um, you just never knew. And so I think, you know, the, the anticipation and the excitement was a lot more heightened when we actually did uh, kind of achieve things. Yeah. So in terms of the atmosphere and... Uh, the occasion, that Vicenza game was my favourite, but I think uh, in terms of actual footballing performance, when we beat Barcelona 4-2 at Stamford Bridge uh, was probably the greatest game of pure football I've I've ever seen. Uh, you know, the two clubs were some of the best in the world at that time, in the, you know, 2005, and with players that were getting into any side in the world. And we went 3-0 up so early on and everybody was going crazy. Uh, and then there was that Ronaldinho penalty followed by, just, I was behind the goal when Ronaldinho just kind of scored and nobody had even known what had gone on. He just twiddled his hip a couple of times, kicked the ball and then, oh, it's in the net. And just that then gave them the advantage of, with the uh, with the away goals and it was on a knife edge and it was just back and forth, back and forth, chance after chance. But then luckily, obviously, JT headed home the winner with a little help from Arvalio on the goal line. Um, and it was just a tremendous night. And, um, but I think a, a few other honourable mentions are the four-all game that we had with Liverpool in the Champions League. I had a stinking headache that day and scoring some of those goals just didn't help my head. But it kind of it just, it, you carried away with it. Uh, and then within 6-1 at the lane, I didn't go that game but uh Stamford Bridge were doing a beanbag where they used to do the old beanbags where you pay a tenner and you can watch it with the other Chelsea fans in the great in the in one of the bars so I did that um and then the two all draw against Spurs a couple of years ago to stop them winning the league uh that was another personal favorite mm. uh, of mine as well love those some top things. matches there I mean that Barcelona one is 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 absolutely seminal isn't it I mean I was uh you know, I think by that stage in the uh, Champions League, you got moved if if because I set up at gate seventeen, as you know, and yeah. I remember being in the shed end, the shed up with Doctor Mark, because we, we used to sit next to each other in gate seventeen in those days, and we were we were in the shed upper, and 
we had a just a prime view of those first three goals. Good Johnson, eight minutes, Lampard, 17, Duff, 19. And we couldn't believe what we're seeing. I mean, Chelsea just tore into Barcelona, 3-0 up in 20 minutes. I mean, it's just like you just can't, you're pinching yourself. Yeah. But you're right about that Ronaldinho second. Obviously, we were at the other end. So we were quite far removed from that. But I do, you, I do remember he, he just poked it. And, and yeah. the whole I've never seen a ground go completely silent after a goal was scored because nobody could believe what they'd seen. No, it was, it was, I've never seen anything like it. No. And if you just, you just, Peter Cech doesn't move. He just, he's he rooted to the spot. You think, well, how can you, you know, you sit beyond belief, really. Like, it was a stunned silence. It wasn't even anger. It was just, okay. I think everybody realised, well, nobody could quite understand what they'd seen. And I think once people realised what had happened, they realised, wow, that was quite a, an amazing goal. You know, but uh, what, a, what a match. What an absolute belt of a match that was. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, I mean, we're so lucky, aren't we? We've been blessed with the last, you know, 25 years or so. And there are so many potential best ever moments of Chelsea. So I'm I'm very because I'm you know, as we all know, I'm incredibly magnanimous. I I, I love to give people a free reign on this. Um but I do assume that Munich is nearly everybody's best ever moment. So you kind of get a freebie and then whatever else. Okay. Uh, well yeah Munich obviously for for every Chelsea fan will will be top of, of everything. But um I mean as cringy as it is, obviously my time when you allowed me to be part of the <laughs> fan cast team all those years ago before family life kicked in. Um, I remember when Spy came in uh, and we all went to the pub afterwards mm. to hear him talking about old Chelsea stuff. And, Was that uh, when we were in uh, the funny TV studio? Yeah, that yeah. Uh, that one. 
Yeah, that very funny one there. I mean, it was quite easy for me to get to. Uh, um, I can't remember if I told you before, but I used to yeah. have a staff meeting on a Monday at school and I managed to get that changed so I could travel up to London to go and uh, sit in silence for uh, <laughs> two hours and then uh, get two the minutes home. of glory. Yeah, that was right. But it was all, you know, it's all part of the fun of it and part of the Chelsea community and part of the fan cast, you know, because I enjoyed it, really. It was lovely it was having nice. you. It was lovely having you on, actually. And you were TV is very regimented and people who've never done it don't realise how difficult it is. And, and, and poor old Chad would, would sit on the benches surrounded by lunatics and, <laughs> uh, and, and, and have, you know, we used to have Chelsea Chatter stats in the show so he'd have his like moment of glory you know for like three minutes out of a two-hour show it's actually an hour and it was an hour and 40 it wasn't that bad uh but uh you were sat there for over two hours i do recognize that and then occasionally they would be used for cutaways for reactions during the show and of course they'd never know when the camera was on them so poor old chad was quite often caught caught uh i don't know you you, you explain i know you've told me this before which is why i bring yeah, it up. it's just uh you never knew when they were going to come to you and yeah. I, I you know i i uh i have quite a few like twitches that I have. I don't know why I have them. It's not nerves. It's not excitement. It's not Tourette's. It's just a thing I have. And I, all I could have in my mind is that people are going to watch this. And they're just going to see this crazy guy shaking his head and making all these noises. And I thought, well, I'm going to be told off and not again and uh, other things. But um, no, it was, it was very, very strange, uh, very strange to just sit there and not know when it was going to happen apart from, you know, when the adverts, were there then that was fine but um, you know that's all part of the magic of tv yeah. i suppose we all play our parts some of us take all the glory chidge and some of us you know do do other work that goes unseen i'm sure now I, I'm, yeah. I'm massively surprised to learn that uh, one of your best moments ever is the fact you got to meet this certain gentleman who uh, of course sits with me on every show these days oh jonathan mm. yeah yeah it was it was nice to it was nice to meet him obviously he's a he's a big chelsea fan and uh you know, followed him on, on on Twitter for a while before meeting him. But uh, even now, when I'm driving in my car, uh, listening to the radio, and I'll say to my wife, you, you hear that guy there? He's a Chelsea fan. She just always replies, yeah, you've told me that. You do it every time without fail. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jonathan doesn't know that I do that. But every time I hear him, oh, he's a Chelsea fan. Yeah, I know, I know. He, he, um, will, he will do now if he listens to these. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, the fan cast. But in terms of uh, other best moments uh, it'd be a toss-up either between the 97 cup final and winning the league in 2005 but uh, I, th- I think for me the 97 final just just shades it because we came so close a few years earlier if, if Peacock hadn't hit the bar you know things could have been so much different but you know we were turning quickly from a mid-table side to a uh, a club with quality signings that played at the highest level at that time and then by by the time 2005 came around you know we were just a team full of internationals and and winning the league was more of an expectation rather than than just a dream so um, yeah so I think I'll choose the the 97 final over that but then also for me like many parents I'm sure taking their kids to their first game is also a, a bossy moment that it will live with me forever and one that I'll, I'll always enjoy. Yeah, you're spot on about that. I mean, this season, of course, has been, you know, memorable for so many reasons. But I mean, the fact that it's Frank Lampard's first season, all the kids coming through and, 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 and just watching us play brilliant, brilliant occasionally throughout the season. <laughs> 
but I think you I think I might have met you actually at the stall this day but I got to take I don't have kids but uh, my my 13 year old nephew uh declared oh, yes, yes, yeah yes, I did, yeah yes she did I thought you did well he declared his support for Chelsea at Christmas and I'd never you know and I've never forced it on him largely because my wife used to be married to Dr Mark uh, before they got divorced and uh, I think me and Chelsea were cited in it she never liked <laughs> football so you know we never rammed it down my nephew's face at all so he came to me and I that I thought well there you go that's it that's my chance and I said okay well I and actually you'll love this I, I said to him I said um I didn't know you were a Chelsea fan he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, how come you're a Chelsea fan then? And he said, well, because of you, of course, stupid. <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean? Because obviously, you know, kids, I, I forget, you know, they're all over Twitter and stuff and they just know everything. And apparently that's how he knew. So I took him to the Burnley game. And as I said, I met you at the stall there. And what a special moment, you know, to take take this kid to, I mean, the, the joy on their faces. It's just ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? It makes you young again. It, it does. And I think... Uh... Like for me, you kind of, I was welling up a little bit inside. You just feel very proud yeah. that actually, you know, something that is so special, important yeah. uh, in my life yeah. and you know my family's life is then kind of being passed passed down to to others. So it's a yeah, a special special little proud moment, especially when the team came out for the you know, before kickoff and liquidator plays, and mm. you know you're trying to. Trying to embrace all of that, Tell, telling them off for saying we well, hate Tottenham in between it, no doubt. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I've never, never sung that. So, <laughs> no, uh, nor me. No. <laughs> but uh, no, it's a special, special moment, isn't it? I, I one of the, the sad thing, of course, is that I was going to take him again. Uh, I planned to take him to the City match, and of course, it never got played. So, you uh, know, yeah, it's a real shame. But hopefully, we'll be back. Those, are, those, are some great moments. What a lovely, varied selection, Chad. Actually, and and and, and in, the, in the in the real spirit of it, not just choosing matches, which I wholeheartedly applaud. Um, okay, from the uh, the good to the bad, uh, what are your worst Chelsea moments? Oh, okay. Uh, again, it's uh, I toss up either between the '94 Cup final or uh, Moscow in 2008, and uh, I was there for both of them. Uh, you got to Moscow. That- uh, day trip to Moscow, wow. as you do, you know. Uh, it was a bit of a nightmare. Well, it was just a horrible day. Uh, I mean, both both of the days it poured down with rain, so you knew that it was going to be worse. But but Moscow was the worst. There was nothing to do in and around the stadium apart from, I think, just watching some clowns on some stilts. I mean, their fan zone was just a huge area of grass, and it was peeing it down with rain. Nobody wanted to be there. Just trying to find any shelter you could. Uh, I remember seeing some of the the young players like uh, Carl Magne. Do you remember him from Football Icon? Uh, there was him and a few others. I think they were playing like, some Nintendo game, uh, electronic game, passing the time with each other and, uh, and things. But, I mean, the, the game itself, the, the final itself, had so much promise. And you know, knowing that if, if JT had scored that penalty, we would be the champions of Europe. Um, so just before he was stepping up to take that penalty, the, the tension uh, meant that it's either going to end in ecstasy or heartbreak. And uh, obviously we know what happened there and making it worse was after losing, we were forced to stay inside the stadium while the trophy was being presented and nobody wants to see that, especially when it's a, you know another English team. Uh, and then we left as quickly as we could on the way back to the airport. My dad and I were, just walking alongside and chatting to Clive Walker and Ray Wilkins. And they were just as gutted and wet as we were. And getting on the shuttle bus, there's some other former players there like Dave Besson and things. And just 
everybody looked so miserable. And I remember getting back to the airport. Um, we were meant to be flying from Gatwick, but they told us the day before, no, you've got to go to Stansted, which is even further for us. Um, and it was just manic in the airport. It's a free for all. Um, we did meet Ron Harris, who he just looked thoroughly peed off with everything that was going on. Uh, he was one of my dad's heroes. So I managed to get I managed to get a photo of him with my dad that sits in my dad's man cave uh, in a frame. And uh, I, I just have to laugh at the photo now because having your picture taken with one of your heroes should be a happy moment to treasure. But every time I look at it, I just see these two tired, annoyed people that, you know, just want the world to end right there uh, and i know that just one kick of a football a yard the other side would have changed that photo so much it would you know it'd be a, they would have been smiling and happy and everything so uh it was just that was a horrible day but the other one and i'm still not over it i'm still very bitter about it is uh, uh craig burley's back pass back in uh, at villa park i'm still livid about that um and i, and I don't think it helps that as a child, I remember writing to Dennis Wise and saying, oh, I'm the captain of my football team and, you know, we're trying to get promoted to division. You know, would it be possible to have one of your captain's armbands? And he wrote back, not with a, an armband, but with a signed photo. And I thought, oh, look, if I write to a player, they write back. Right, I'll see his birthday. Oh, it's Craig Burley's birthday. I'll, I'll send him a birthday card and then he'll send me back a signed photo, surely. And he never did even though I put a stamped addressed envelope in there. So I've always been a bit bitter about him. And then he did that back pass. Uh, uh, you know, Man United went and scored and put them in the final rather than us. Um, and Terry Phelan limping with his hamstring injury, trying to get back. It's, oh, this, I'm not over that moment yet, even though it's kind of... 25 years ago or so now it's still i, I wouldn't still i wouldn't worry chad because craig burley's still not over getting put you know left out of the squad in 97 yeah remember yeah, that well, he, he, yeah, he did a full-on sulk didn't he and didn't didn't even turn up no bitter burley but yeah. bitter burley there you, there you yeah, go they, everybody has their part to play in chelsea's history they do some, some are more memorable than others they are indeed um talking of which uh kind of bringing it a bit more up to date really um I mean, good God. I mean, how can you choose some of your favourite modern players when there are so many to choose from? But I'm going to I'm going to lob it to you now. Who are your favourite current and modern players? Um, I've always I've always had a favourite player. And I was thinking earlier on in the season that actually I don't I don't necessarily have one the same way that I always did. But for me, thinking about it, my, my favourite player at the moment is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. And I know we haven't seen him for a year. The, Suffered that terrible injury in such a pointless friendly for the, the you know the Europa League final, but I think for me when he plays he's just so strong, but he just seems to glide across that pitch. Kind of it reminds me a bit of Rude Hullet when he played for us, but obviously Ruben's still got a lot of uh, a long way to go to reach those kind of levels. Um, also like Rhys James and Tamori from the current squad because. You know, they're hungry players, but they give their all. And I think coming through the ranks from an early age, uh, it seems as though the club matters to them more than some of the, the other players. And uh, I think they just feel like a fan that gets to play for the club. And I think you feel that uh, with what they do. In, re in other recent years, uh, I have to admit, I I've admired David Luiz 
Um, and I I know that he's loyal to whichever team he plays for, and that upsets some Chelsea fan. Um, but when he put on a blue shirt, he always tried to get things going, whether it's his marauding into midfield, his dodgy tackles, or the thing that I kind of admired him a lot for was being up the crowd at a corner, either when we were attacking it or defending it. You, you get some players in position, and there's him standing in the six-yard box, going to the, the Matthew Harding, like, come on, come on, you know, lift us up. And I, I, I like that with, with the players. So, uh, you know, he's always going to provoke emotion out of Chelsea fans, good or bad. And I think we've seen it uh, recently, you know, that, you know, he's going for Arsenal, you can't, you're not allowed to like him now and everything. And so what if he won the Champions League and all these things, I think. That's uh, nonsense though, isn't it? It, it, it is. And then... I think on the on the back of that, another player who, for me, is in the same kind of bracket as David Louise, but is treated completely different by Chelsea fans, is uh, Juan Mata. You know, he was such a special player, uh, and for some reason, he is a player I think most Chelsea fans would welcome back to the club in a heartbeat for doing pretty much what David Louise achieved, but is looked at in a different light. But uh, I mean, Matter Matter for me was a was a special player. He didn't have the pace, but I think he had the brain and he had that ability. He was able to do things uh, that other players can't. He was also, I mean, I think you know, he was such a gent that I think that that's what you know. You, you get very few footballers who are as intelligent, as cultured, and as as classy and as gentlemanly as Juan Mata. It's it. I, I defy anybody not to like that guy. So I can totally understand your sentiments there. Yeah, I mean, I've ne- I've never met him, but you know, you never hear a bad word or no. anything about him. I mean, he got done for speeding, but Did he? apart from that, yeah, he got I didn't know a few that. years ago. Yeah, he got uh, a few years ago. He got done for speeding, and he got a hundred pound fine, which uh, you know I'm sure really hurt the bank there, and uh, three points on his license. But other than that, everything else is positive. Was he- that to make up for his lack of pace on the pitch? It could well be. It could well be. I, I tweet about it every year, and uh, the photo I use is a picture of him next to. Uh, do you remember Chelsea used to uh, have their badge on one of the Formula One sports cars? Yeah, yeah. There's a picture of him, so uh, I I include that photo with the tweet from there uh, as as well. Just my own laugh really all right now you've kind of uh, tipped me the wink on one of these but i suspect there may be i mean again it's a very very hard choice uh when you've had so many great chelsea players but who's your all-time chelsea hero yeah, yeah so earlier as i said it's it, dennis wise was my chelsea hero growing up and I, I think it's hard to shake that that idea out of your heart during your formative years as a fan but i mean other names like Mourinho, Lampard, Terry, Abramovich and Dimitar, they're always going to be names that live on forever at the club and not just heroes for me, but they're heroes for, for many other Chelsea fans. But 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 for me, it's, it's Dennis Wise uh, and uh, I have a soft spot for Peter Osgood, even though I never saw him play. Mm. I think it's that, that makes a lot of... Me neither. I mean, I never saw him play for Chelsea, but... Uh, or live, anyway. Um so he was the generation before me, but um, uh, it's really interesting actually because of all the. I mean, I've been very lucky. I've I've, I've interviewed a lot of football players, uh, a lot of Chelsea players. I've got to know a lot of ex-Chelsea players, some of whom I've just bizarrely, you know, privileged to call friends now, which kind of makes me pinch myself. <laughs> but and I interviewed Ozzy just before he died, and it was so special. It just felt special, and I and I had you know. 
I kind of don't know why. You know, I'd never really seen him play for Chelsea. He was I was too young, but I, it felt really special. And uh, I've got um, one of my most prized possessions is. I mean, he signed. I I, I got him to sign the auto. You know, his, his biography when I interviewed yeah. him. Uh, and he compared me to Des Lynham. He said, oh, you're so good. He said, you're such a good interviewer. You're just like Des Lynham. I said, well, without the tash, obviously. Yeah. Um, but he signed my book. But, um, I mean, this was after he died, and I've never been able to work this out. This is what this is why we love dads, right? He turned up, and he literally threw me this T-shirt. I said, what's this then? He said, well, have a look. And I, I opened it, and it was basically a, a beautiful kind of picture of Ozzy in full kit playing with Peter Osgood number nine and he had signed it Ozzy, oh, wow. had, Ozzy had signed it and I, and I said I said mate he's dead how, how did you get him to sign this then he said ah oh, I have ways <laughs> <laughs> so I think so I suspect he'd been to some do and and like be, there'd been an auction and he just yeah 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 he, and, I, and this is again I said this is why you got to love dads I mean he obviously saw it and he thought I know who would like that I said I'll do whatever I have to do to go and buy this and that's my and he wouldn't tell me he's still to this day not told me where he got it from, how much he may have had to pay, or whatever. But and I've I've only just recently framed it up. So, uh, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You have this attachment to players that you really don't have an obvious connection with, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, he uh, him alongside Nigel Spackman, they presented me with my uh, CPO share back oh, in really? ninety five on the pitch as well. So it's kind of it was destined uh, for for that to happen. And he was know? the first signature you ever got as well. First one you yeah, met. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, first first player I met, and he presented the the, the CPO to me on the on the pitch. Back Did you remind him of that? Did you say I met you when I was nine years old, and you said that uh, you I might have been in the video I watched. <laughs> I, I, I really hope you did. Did you not? I think I was. A, I think I was a little bit starstruck, oh, just to kind of yeah. not necessarily for the players, but the fact that I'm on the pitch at Stamford yeah. Bridge. Look yeah. at me. Yeah. Uh, Brilliant. I think with with the CPO, I didn't quite understand how it all worked. I thought we owned a bit of the pitch, and in my head, I decided that if Ryan Giggs ever steps on my bit of the pitch, I'm going to tell him he's not allowed to, and he'll have to go around <laughs> it. But, but I didn't quite understand how it all worked back then. I was hoping you were going to say to Aussie and Spackers, excuse me, but no, you need to take me to the, the bit that's my bit of the pitch when you <laughs> give me this share. You know, you have to go and find my bit, you know. Oh, dearie, that would have been lovely. Right. Uh, last but by no means least, uh, Chad, you know you know that we on the Chelsea Fancast do like a bit of a song uh, now and again. Uh, and, of course, we've got a very wide repertoire to choose from, but which is your favourite? Uh, it, it still hasn't changed from when you asked me this question when I was back uh on the on my first appearance on the on the uh the podcast version many years ago on the benches it's, in putney uh, yeah that's right yeah along with chelsea stat mm. uh, but yeah my my favorite song is carefree and i've i've taught it to my three kids albeit an adapted clean version How, what do you adapt it to uh and we don't care whoever you may be <laughs> um so yeah, they're quite. Hard. I mean, my youngest is only one. He, he know all the words, but he will join in with some of the uh, the end of it. So it's quite quite cute. So I sing that uh, to them um, for them. But again, the, the Osgood uh, song. I don't know why it, I started singing it to my children uh, or to my to my youngest one uh, to send him to sleep. But just many nights, I've just started singing the Peter Osgood song. And again, he will chirp in with the odd word here or there uh, as well to help him get to sleep. Brilliant. For me, Carefree is the one. Um, Obviously, the 
RPG version when the when they turn around unless we're at the bridge. Oh, fantastic, Chad! Uh, what a lovely way to uh, to round it up. Uh, as always, it's been an absolute delight to share 40, 50 minutes with you and uh, and and you know share that share your journey through Chelsea. It's been great fun, Matt. I really appreciate it. No, it's good. I can't believe it's been been uh, as long as that. It's it's flown by. Well, there you go. You know, good content goes quick, mate. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's let's do this again. I think then at some point that'd be great. Lovely. Uh, It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.